0: This show is part of the Head Stuff Podcast Network. Mix your milk with my cocoa pops, milky, milky cocoa. My name is Keen.
1: Is your blood sugar low? My name's James.
0: <laughs> Welcome to Sissy Dead Pod, the RuPaul a Drag Race reaction podcast. We've said adieu to Drag Race UK, but we're still slugging away, mm-hmm. chipping away at Drag Race. Season 13 over in the US. This week it is the branding challenge, and no better person to have on board than marketing expert Cassie Delaney.
1: There was a lot to talk about. We really got into those ads as well. Like we went deep on them. Mm. We 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 assessed them. We came at them from all angles. It was like we were we were judging the the apprentice. That that's what I would say. You know, yeah. we were oh, we absolutely. were like we were giving one of these people an apprenticeship, a thousand dollars in order to start a new company, twenty five thousand dollars, who knows? It was gonna be great.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know, Cassie runs her own um podcast network called the Tall Tales Network, which create loads of cool podcasts worth checking out. So let's get into it. Welcome to the podcast, Cassie Delaney. <laughs> Cassie Delaney, thank you so much for joining us today for Drag Race Season 13, Episode 11. How have you been enjoying it so far?
2: Um, I feel like I haven't been enjoying Season 13 for the last 10 years because it's like the longest Mm. season we've ever ever had of drag race yeah. it's just it's never ending it's and we've watched all of the uk season and we still have six queens left in the u.s series <laughs> <laughs> i was watching this yeah. this morning and i just expected rue to be like do another gag and be like i'm not ready for you to leave it you know Shantae, you stay as well. I
0: genuinely <laughs> thought that was a possibility as well. I
2: was yeah. like, so
1: I, 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 figured that that was coming too, and I was like, no, we can't have this again. We can no. I would like again. start
2: sending these bitches home, like they don't deserve to be here anymore.
1: <laughs> it's like, what is it actually? RuPaul's yeah. best friend race? Is yeah. that what we're watching? And it was now? even.
2: Um, <laughs> Because in today's episode Candy references beef that she had With Tamisha and Man And I was like what? what season was Tamisha in again I was like this one This actual season
0: <laughs> Same when they were fl- In Untucked they were flashing back to Olivia being overlooked And I was like oh god Lala Ree was here I forgot about Lala Ree. <laughs> <Classic>. <laughs> I just feel like Snatch Game normally feels like a halfway point But then we also had that Queens of Quarantine Which was also a halfway point yeah. So it's kind of like we're in the third yeah. act of one season which just
2: Yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to chat a bit about Candy at the start of the episode Because like we were saying, throwing back I was, I was thinking, we actually don't have a villain anymore At this point of the show mm. And I was like, gee Bruce, remember Candy was the villain a while back And remember Tina was a bit of a villain as well do you think it's a conscious effort to try reduce the villain edit because of kind of what happened to Britta? Or do you think they've just all sort of managed to shirk it?
2: I think they've honestly just been together so long that they are kind of friendly with each other now. And there's it's not, it's definitely not the driver for drama in this series that they're looking for, like they traditionally have, the kind of, you know, create conflict, create a bit of drama. And they tried to do in the UK between Ellie and Lawrence with the the sort of running order of the comedy stuff i think they've had enough other conflict in this season we've had the gags we had teammate you know a team and the b team at the start of this season so there didn't necessarily need to be that um and i just think it's really it's it's it's, kind of old school irresponsible producing to create a villain out of a character knowing now what happens to people when they leave the show and it's just a little bit unfair i think yeah
1: I really liked the the first couple of minutes. This show, I really enjoyed this episode. I really enjoyed where kind of like it was naturally them kind of like actually having a laugh, and when Candy like misunderstood the difference between so 2,500. 2, like it was just yeah, it was just really yeah. really funny. <laughs> and you got yeah, because I, I think as well like there 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 isn't really a natural villain, and you they do seem like a cast who are kind of getting on together. And that's kind of nice see, because at the moment we're all under so much stress that just watching people being stressed and hating each other, I think would be too much. Yeah,
2: yeah, we don't want it. I love when they get on really well. And it's like heartbreaking. Like I last week with Olivia and Denali in the bottom two, I was like, you can't do this. Like... <laughs> They're the two yeah. best friends that anyone had. Keep them both in. Um So yeah, like I don't I don't live for the tension between them. Like a little bit of drama every now and then. But like when you compare it, I don't want to compare it to the UK too much, because I think the UK, this season of, of UK drag race has been sensational. Like it has just been perfect. And I think when you think of the little kind of like flirtatious friendship between Taste and Ahura like that was much more entertaining to watch than a bit of rivalry I think at this stage we're a bit like oh it's just uncomfortable when they're arguing in the room together you know
1: yeah yeah absolutely
2: I'm still I'm not a massive fan of Candy I just she's just not doing it for me
1: she's definitely the narrator now mm-hmm. like she 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 is kind of bringing the story along in those confessionals. Um, and I don't know, like, she's she's hit or It's like, I really enjoyed her commercial today, but I think it's the first thing that I've really liked of her in the, this show outside of the confessionals in weeks. Yeah.
0: yeah, she just doesn't seem to be hitting the mark, I think. She's, like, almost there a few times. just just hasn't got her viral moment.
2: Yeah, um, I think that she is funny just as a naturally as a person like everything Mm -hmm. she says is funny that she needs to almost work a little bit harder to like consciously make her drag comedy funnier it's she's just relying very much on on her you know her voice and and the things that she that comes into her head without i think being aware of why they're funny Um, and and i think like when even in some of the acting challenges just because it's it's that kind of deep voice coming out of a pretty face sounds hilarious, yeah. regardless of what the content is. And um, so, I'd like to see her push herself a little bit, a little bit further.
0: There was a fun mini challenge though this week with the "Are You Smarter Than the Pick" crew. I just thought it was sort of fun, a little game show, a bit of high energy. I like the self-referential humor of the show, giving trivia at the show that you're in. Yeah, and that yeah. was fun.
2: It's funny because it like we're obviously 13 seasons into the show, like it's it's an incredible amount to know about Drag Race. And Mm. I think everyone remembers, you know, top three, top four, but like you do kind of forget the, you know, the earlier queens so it was really impressive to see them and I think really telling that Utica didn't get her question right because I don't yes. think Utica is a big fan of Drag Race yeah. <laughs> like, I don't think Utica has you really watch the show I, before she's come out I like, thought that
1: was <laughs> like she remembered the chorizo but she couldn't remember anything else about it so like it's like oh I've got a fucking chorizo and I think like, she she couldn't get the name Alexa. it was very um, telling that she couldn't like get there it's like she kind of knew it from maybe seeing memes but had no idea yeah. where to connect yeah. it to in the actual what I thought was weird about the, the mini challenges I think is that the most we've ever heard
0: the pit crew speak
2: did know know they, the, the they could speak there was some interesting <laughs> yeah. accents coming out of them
0: yeah. well I actually looked them up because uh, I was like I don't really know about you so uh, there's Jason there's Bryce and there's Bruno and Bryce the ginger haired guy is actually an aerospace engineer so <laughs> I was like oh so he's smarter than them all <laughs> and,
1: and Jason Jason Carter presents one of like the biggest online news shows in the world he presents with the Young Turks and he does just like pop culture political thing on the side online which is because I, I I was watching I, my YouTube just throws these things at me mm. to try and drag me further into a left bubble but um I and i was like watching and i was like what is it about him that's familiar and i was like oh my god take his clothes off and it's jason <laughs> from the pit
2: crew what an incredibly reductive job to have to just like be yeah, yeah, a literal yeah. rocket science and incredibly influential political commenter and just strip them down and be like well look you've got brains but it's the six-pack we're interested <laughs> in
1: Exactly, and like most people are just looking at your man Bruno in the middle, who just has an OnlyFans account. Yeah. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> and uh, apparently Bryce is also a hetero as well, which I thought was interesting. Oh, I didn't think they allowed yeah.
2: the man the crew. Yeah, I didn't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't we know. don't need that.
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> Wintergreen is enough for us. The only heterosexual
0: we need on the show.
2: <laughs> oh, it's so funny.
0: There was the call from Jada, which I thought was really fun to see oh, her. Yeah. cut co- call in and give advice and I liked it It was just sort of have fun I think maybe Utica took that too far in one direction but it was really nice to see her yeah it was really nice to see her I'm loving
2: the few little cameos like obviously Porkchop and Raven coming back for a Snatch was great I loved Raven's i just don't give a fuck about yeah, yeah. The game. I was like, that, was, that was a fantastic dead fan line yeah um so yeah it's great to see them i think that's was that's what kind of is missing in the uk stuff is that we don't bring back the old queens enough like mm. even for there was a missed opportunity there to bring people back for the snatch game would yeah. be great to see
0: but <laughs> i i i love the idea of past queens giving critiques to the current queens and that's Kind of think the only thing that really worked about it, Secret Celebrity Drag Race, but they obviously try to avoid it because we've never had past queens on the judging panel, and that must be for a reason because there's yeah. plenty of opportunity to have done so.
1: But I think it's about like you like by putting someone putting a past queen onto the judging panel, you kind of you're elevating them to this position and like maybe kind of like as a peer of RuPaul, and RuPaul like never like lets any other drag performers that, like let alone past contestants come onto the to the show because really like you should have the like of Lily Savage like in like. Coming in to offer their opinion on 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 um, Drag Race UK because we had that like weird DJ break from Jodie Harsh Like Jodie Harsh, one of the most well known UK drag queens, gets to appear on Drag Race UK, but is like literally, you know, half a mile down the back of a container lorry, like at like a little DJ. Yes, kind of just like you know, it's it, it, there's no like speaking role for other drag queens on the show unless they're doing walkthroughs with Rue and it's like Rue saying this person can offer you advice in this particular
0: area. Yeah, it mm. no, is interesting, right?
2: It is really, and like you see, I think the rue's very clever about where they come back, you know. So like being guests on, uh, for Snatch Game is clever because they add a bit of humor into it a- a- again. So yeah, I think you're right. Maybe it is just a, you know, there's only one mother, and it's it's Rue. That's
0: yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> she establishes her her matriarchy, and she is not letting anyone up mm-hmm. to the, the top of it. Yeah, and she should. She's so yeah. fabulous.
1: <laughs> Exactly Like can anyone beat her It'll be like at least Another decade Before we have to start Thinking about She's taking over Yeah and
2: like We're letting her (laughs) away With so much It's wonderful Like wasn't she Literally sold off her land For fracking And we're all like oh, That's just (laughs) Oh, I know. It,
1: she is. She is like. She's like the Donald Trump of drag. Yeah. She is like impervious to critique. It's like there she is, like you know, oh God, destroying the, the Trump of she, like, legacy, destroying the 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 environment with her fracking. Like comes out with like all these questions, terrible, statements on, like, terrible, gender and gender issues. Yeah.
2: absolutely <laughs> appalling. And we're just like, oh, RuPaul.
0: <laughs> you better work, Ruth. Yeah, it's
1: like never mind the fracking, never mind
0: the gender issues.
1: Are we getting another season of AJ and the Queen? <laughs> That's yes. all we want to
0: know. <laughs> well, he's obviously a marketing genius, and this is what this episode is all about. So let's kick off with Uticas Utican, and I mean, where do we start with this? This just, was just now.
2: I loved, I loved bringing Clara the cow along the series with her. I thought clever we had that little weird kind of um moment last week with the medium psychic who mentioned her dead cow and uh that was kind of cute but like I think that the critique was right about Utica that she I think it's actually Simone said it in the VT that she Utica goes to this place that is so bizarre and crazy as kind of almost a defense because she's afraid to to be serious about it or like it's just defaults into the kind of mad spaghetti arms and and wild movements and just totally off the wall crazy rather than to refine it and finesse it a little bit. So like the cow udder sucking thing I just thought it was a bit it was a bit too obvious or something. It wasn't
0: clever. But the drink wasn't even cow related. Like did did the drink come out of the cow? It was this here's a drink you can lick the can it tastes like the drink. I don't think we saw her actually drink the drink. Then we're like, there's also a cow here, and she's sixty-nine ing the cow. And I'm like, how does this all tie in? I'm very confused.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I I felt like, in a way, I sort of think the Clara thing might have like hampered her a little bit because I think that that was. Obviously you're in that position There's a little bit of your mind Thinking like How can I produce myself How can I tie these things together That Clara thing It happened There was probably like The gag of everyone Like laughing about it she said, I'm going to bring this in And then I think She created this idea Of like I'm going to have the cow How am I going to get the cow in So rather than thinking about What's my ad going to be What's my drink going to be It became How am I going to insert This cow yeah. Into this performance But
0: if it was like A red ball knockoff And it was called Ghost cow She could have done it that way And then it's like, it's an energy drink, isotonic, gives you those energy and the cow is front and center and there's the cow on the label. I think that could have possibly worked.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, I think it's a really tough challenge. Like this one is really, really hard because Mm. there's so much involved. It's like the scripting, directing yourself. It's coming up with something clever and it's, 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 you know, it's challenging with, for anyone, let alone when you're on the TV doing it. And, you know, it's, it's really hard thing to get your head around. but, I think that we should learn from the past winners of the commercial challenge or the branding challenge because like the branding challenge has identified like really really strong queens like Bob the drag queen won um her branding challenge like Asia O'Hara, Shea Coulee, Sasha Velour like mm. some winners winners go on yeah from this yeah.
0: one. I think she just has a really long creative process it's like here's an idea and it'll be ready by the end of the week because I need to sleep on it and I need to change it 45 times and I just don't think she's allotted the right amount of time in the show to get to the correct point of the process
2: yeah totally and I feel like she's overthinking it like she's a classic trying to make it different for the sake of it being different Mm -hmm. rather than like going with something that would really work I do like a lot of her looks and I actually do think that the way that she dressed Simone in last week's challenge was phenomenal
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Next up is Candy Muse the K special. It was a liquid VIP drink. This was fun. It was funny. But kind of like you said, it's kind of like Vanjie. You just wind her up and she beats herself and she's enjoyable. But it wasn't overly distinct.
2: I know. But like Vanjie was... Mm, I don't want to equate Andy Muse and Vanjie together because Vanjie is the same that had that like deep voice and it was just very Cookie very monster. funny yeah. just so <laughs> funny but like Vangie had iconic moments I remember being in the George the weekend Vanjie got when Vangie was on her actual season and left and everyone in the George was like Vangie. Benji. Benji. it was like playing Marco Polo in the George. And I was like, that is one week. And that's an iconic moment. And of course, Rue comes back with the Vanjie necklace. Like Candy Muse will never give us a moment like that. But I think that back to Candy Muse's commercial, like I think that it was a ground, but again, just very obvious. It was like special K, yeah. let's have a joke here about drugs, partying, you know, it was just, yeah. yeah.
1: But I like I I thought visually she brought it together in a really fun way. I apt abso- like I absolutely loved the bit where they were all like falling. Yeah. I thought that was so funny and like yeah, I, and she re- was relying in on that like sitting alone on the VIP thing, which is part of her whole brand. Yes, that is but, it's like, so funny. But I, I so I thought in a way I kinda thought her ad was more clever than i'd expected it to be mm. i was i was a bit like this is you know this is high brow for 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 Cut. what i would have thought canty moose is going to bring yeah i
2: think if she had pushed a little bit further and recreated that the iconic image of her sitting down reworn the you know the hair yes. straight down like yeah, that yeah, yeah yeah it would have been very very funny
0: and yeah. maybe no, there was absolutely.
2: reasons why she didn't but like i think otherwise it was just quite predictable i mean yeah it was yeah. fine i mean she was middle of the road safe 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 so yeah yeah
0: absolutely tina was up next with her burning up juice and i actually thought tina did a good job like i didn't lol but i was like i can see her hitting the beats i could see her with her catchphrase hell yeah i was surprised by how she was crucified for it
2: yeah i think that she probably went the closest to like the process of properly creating a commercial but again she overthought it like she was like here's a definitive storyline here are like 19 different scenes and it did make sense it was Hmm. just like not funny enough and i think the thing is you could see it in the ads they're obviously trying to be social distance with the pit crew yeah so they couldn't get the scenes maybe they wanted so probably Hmm. it would have been a lot funnier if they did have that where she cut that scene where she was fornicating with the priest. But, yeah, with the, um, with the
0: crucifix in her mouth. That was actually funny. I laughed when she was like, you know, doing it. That up. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. So I think that that would have pushed it a little bit further. But um, yeah, I, f- I did feel severed. But again, I think she just overthinks it. But I think this is really interesting because going into this week, I was like, well, the only, I think Gottmick and Tina have really, really distinct visual brands and visual identities yeah. and it was interesting to hear Gottmik speak about that on this week's episode yeah but I was like Tina's gonna nail this like Tina's absolutely gonna nail the challenge because she's Tina Burner she has her color palette she has her flames she, like whatever about the brand I think it's a little bit you know I think it's not terribly creative, but I I think she was she was one that I was expecting a lot from, and I think her can looked great. She as you say, she had her catchphrase, she had her idea. I was kind of surprised that she was annihilated.
1: Hmm. I I really I don't know. I really wasn't. I I I haven't been connecting to her at, at all. No, o- neither have I, have I. And and I feel like she. I don't know, I I got to watch a bit of Untucked um, and I saw like she got a a message from her mother and and kind of she spoke a bit about like this like like really hard life she had had when she was growing up and her mother had had like manic depression and bipolar and you see this other side of her and you're kind of like, oh, I understand why maybe you've built this defence mechanism up and... Like, I, I kind of felt like you're, you're, everything with her is a little bit superficial in terms of what she lets you into and even the brand she has is quite superficial because it's about a color, a specific colour palette and then kind of like flame, fiery, that's it but that's as deep as it goes and uh, you know and even like weirdly I suppose like with the the, the, the the like the 50s housewife thing it's very Stepford wife like you don't go too deep on Jesus and I think that you would have liked to see m- something more real from her
0: Yeah to, But to, was to, this to, the challenge for it though because that's kind of what she was saying on Talk to Defend Herself to be like the judges are saying, I'm not changing it up. But are you supposed to be changing it up in the branding challenge? Are you not supposed to get to the essence of who you are as a queen? I,
1: no, I think it's, but I suppose it's supposed to show us why this is your brand. Yeah. You know, like, why, why, okay. is, yeah. why is this your brand? Or how like, does it that, translate?
2: Like, where is the depth of your brand? This was just like, oh, I'm Tina Burner. Here are some flames. I think it's every time they say she's an incredible queen in New York. I'm like, she just seems like you're local friendly drag queen who'd be down in your yeah. gar hole i'm like push it a little bit further but maybe that's just she's everything you'd expect from a drag queen she hasn't pushed yeah. herself out of the box at all i think even her walk the the flicks the point i'm so over the point like i want yeah. to see something elevated on rupaul's drag race runway i i enjoy that kind of like very campy drag that you see at a drag performance but it's yeah. not what i want for my queens on rupaul
0: and it was funny to see in um, Untucked the throwback to like the first week when they're all saying that she was a threat and you're like watching it in hindsight being like, oh no, you didn't need to worry about her. <laughs> no, it's
2: like the way they reacted to poor Joe Black in the yeah. UK. And yeah, it's I like, know. oh my God, Joe Black is here. and It's like, no, he's not again. Oh my God, Joe Black is back. No, he's gone again. It's like poor fucking Joe Black's never going to work again in the UK. <laughs>
0: Let's move on to Simone with her Sweet Tooth. I think this was the best name. Like I can actually imagine picking up a can of Sweet Tooth in Tesco.
2: This, yeah, Sweet Tooth and roseate were yeah. very well named. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, brilliant. I think we saw from the improv challenge from the factory that Simone is a really good off-the-cuff comedy queen like she's really good at improv she knows how to take something and just add that little sparkle to it to make it funny like i haven't said factory normally since watching that episode yeah. so, like, <laughs> keeping, like, <factory laughs> and like trying to do it and it's just the way that she kind of that's what we want like those little sprinkles that add in humor she understands what makes things funny and the it was such a it's such a classic thing here's a carbonated drink that is actually full of things that are bad for you and I'm going to tell you warnings and I'm going to switch up from really promotional to deadpan warning. And it was just perfect. It was, it worked really, really well.
1: Yeah, no, like her, hers was genuinely The funniest, I think. Like, I liked Rose's as well. Like, I thought Rose's was brilliant, but I thought that Simone's was really just. And her delivery, that like switched to the deadpan, the whole like, is your blood sugar low? Like, it it was, it was excellent. And she's just someone who clearly knows herself. And you can tell from when you see her perform, she understands the references, she understands her, um, she understands her point of view, and she has like a knowledge that she can like reach into to drag things out of as well. I, I, I thought it was phenomenal. Like, she. For the last couple of weeks she had been sort of maybe a little bit middle of the road and she's really back strong in the last two weeks.
2: Really really back strong. Like and I think it was even interesting to hear Rosé say that she was it felt great to be put on par with Simone. So like mm. she's obviously yeah. amongst them they realized. My girlfriend and I were speaking about this on the couch this morning watching it at like half seven that Simone is one of the strongest queens we've ever had because yeah, so. she's a comedy queen, she's a look queen, she's smart and political in places. But she hasn't got that inner saboteur. Like she, she's not getting in her head. She is yeah. just working really hard and it's phenomenal to see. Like she's brilliant and yeah. sensational looking. It's absolutely fantastic. Mm, yeah.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, hard to beat. Next up then, the sort of second front runner in the competition, I would say, will be Got Mick. And we really saw them trip and fall this week. Just too complicated.
2: Yeah. again, one queen that I thought would do really, really well in this challenge because they're so funny. So mm. so funny. And the snatch game performance is up there with Shea Coulee and Juju on on All so Stars. Nice. Yeah. 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 Like they yeah. they're just the finest Snatch game performances we've ever had, even though it was, you know, snatch date or whatever. Um yeah, really surprised to see them struggle so significantly in this one i think again got in their head with the whole laying out the storyboard with the scenes they wanted to film first rather than just laying out the story and seeing how it would appear afterwards um i'm really i kind of really shocked and surprised but i think that it's good they got that kind of a bit of critique and were down low because i think they were maybe playing it a little bit too or maybe getting a little bit too cocky is that fair to say yeah Yeah, and then getting a little bit complacent
0: they were lucky um the past where the last few times they got in their head they managed to pull it out and and win like with the rusical and something else i think this is the first time i think they got in their head yeah
1: Yeah. i i i think that got was sort of I think they missed a trick by not doing the, the white clown face makeup I think that like obviously when you're on Drag Race you're really aware that if you start having a signature thing that becomes the thing you do all the time you're going to get red for it and you have to try and sort of you have to sort of lean away from it and show versatility but I think that this wasn't the challenge for that so I think that instead of leaning into the Paris Hilton impersonation from Snatch Game which is kind of the character we got which is brilliant and very funny as Paris Hilton but didn't translate so much to this I, I understood the idea but I don't think it worked quite as well or might have even worked better if you'd had that amazing like white face and the, the clown makeup because they were saying that they were starting to understand the depth to their brand that wasn't just that superficial thing so maybe part of the thought process for not doing their uh, their sort of general kind of like their their known for look was this kind of like i want to show a different side of me and i think that they would have been better leaning into to, to that like original brand rather than the what they gave us because it just was a bit indistinct yeah
2: I think they went back they were like I did really really well in the snatch game that made people laugh this challenge to do well in the challenge you need to make people laugh I'm going to lean back on that thing that worked for me you know a few weeks yeah. ago um, so yeah I would I mean I think going forward they're going to absolutely shine I think we've top four like if not yeah, yeah. Top oh two. absolutely yeah. and I
0: think um, I think what Ru said was very true is it's really hard to get across irony on screen and that's basically the whole concept of it It was that that they looked stupid but they thought they were great yeah um so yeah overcomplicated. i think olivia looks with her live drink um i again this was a kind of like a tina burner you know i think it hit the hit the spots you know i could see what they were going for i didn't live personally
2: yeah i think that olivia hasn't got a strong enough definitive aesthetic Other than the smile, you know, she's beautiful and has that big, bright smile, but there is no, I couldn't identify particular clothing or even a particular kind of flair to the walk that would identify as like, oh, that's Olivia. I do just love Olivia. I absolutely adore her. But I think that. Yeah, these kind of challenges and the luck challenge and maybe even the snatch game is she doesn't know what her base is strong enough yet to then build on it and play with it. She's a kind of a pageant queen and that's fine because it's aesthetically pleasing for the rest of us. But it's not helping her out in these kind of challenges but she had she did perform well in the other kind of acting and improv stuff
0: yeah Yeah. i think actually what she said there is right like why didn't she just have a smile juice that you know is like strengthens your teeth or makes your smile whiter like i think you're right that's what we know her for and that's what she should have leaned into
2: yeah
1: Yeah, I think Ross's uh, critique of her about the the kind of like you didn't look sad enough for the transformation of the like happiness to make sense was like right like on the nose. Um, I I think Olivia, Olivia and and Ellie Diamond, I think are two queens that I, I see as sort of being similar because they're very, very young. They're still in that like starting space. They're both extremely good at what they do. They've obviously got a huge amount of talent. They just need maybe a couple of years to like actually understand who they are as a performer and like figure out what their point of view is because Olivia is beautiful and easy breezy but even you see when she transformed Denali she was like oh well I'm going to put her in like a really structured gown and I'm going to do like this really kind of like structured hair it's like but that's not who you are what works with you is the huge fro and the gorgeous kind of you know sort of easy breeziness and that's what she should be trying to access rather than the more pageanty stuff
0: Finally then was Rosé with her Rose-Aid. And I just, I loved how self-referential it was. I I didn't laugh as much at Rosé's as it is Simone, but I kind of feel, you know, you couldn't really translate Simone's onto any other Queen other than Simone. Whereas I think Rosé has a really good template that she could take somebody else and write a really good product for them.
2: Yeah, I think that Simone was in the top because hers was entertaining but I think that Rosé and Roseade was visually very strong as well so it was kind of you know different reasons that made it quite strong but I do think that she definitely deserved the praise that she got this week again another strong queen that kind of maybe goes a little bit under the radar a little bit
1: she's she's very much been on that trajectory of kind of like moving up like she, she started out with that sort of Jan narrative of like am I going to be that queen who like has all the potential but doesn't quite make it but she started breaking through with the Rusical and has been going like on and on and on strength to strength um, and I do, yeah, I think that there's like a naturalness and an easiness to the way that, that Simone performs. So in, in, in her commercial, like you actually were like, I don't know, you were invested. If you, you, something you'd laugh at on the television. Whereas with Rose's, it was kind of like, oh, yeah, this is really good for what it is. This is really funny for where they are right now. Um, but it's not something like I don't think it's going to be giving us any like quotable moments yeah, in the way yeah. that Rose's are in the way that Simone's potentially will. There'll be merch for Simone. No merch for Rosé. Yeah, true.
0: And talking about very merch, true. she wore Jan's merch in. Well, like in the episode, and it got it its <laughs> yeah. own moment. Like, is that the Jan to see dressing gown? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> did you enjoy the live show we did over the weekend?
1: I very much did. I I I didn't enjoy. How conclusively all of my musical choices were flopped, and e- even the ones that got bopped. Ah, kitty Girl. Yeah, I know, wasn't. but like it got it got bopped, but in a way of like, why did you choose that one? You should have picked a less <laughs> obvious one. So it was like, yeah, obvious like choice. Oh, <laughs> sorry.
0: So even when yes, I did well, uh, I did badly. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. So if if you weren't there, we did a sort of live show for the finale of Drag Race UK. It was great fun. Thank you for everybody for coming. Thank you to Sean from Unflopped for coming along. We had great fun, we reviewed the episode, we spoke about that controversial winner, we played Bopper Flop with some of RuPaul's songs, we answered some of your Q&As, it was a hoot. And if you missed out, the uh, edited version is out in our free feed, but there's the full episode, all the Bopper Flops, all the Q&As on our premium feed over at Headstuff Plus
1: yourself over there and get into it um, and also if you came along uh, or even if you didn't come along and you like the sound of it and think that we should do more live shows do let us know because it's something that we really enjoy doing and would be I suppose would love to do again in the future so get in touch and tell us what you think
0: what would you do if we had to do another live show again
1: uh, I would get a more elaborate background what would what would you do if
0: it would be fun to sort of maybe try some few other games maybe mm-hmm. with with the audience I think it would be fun but we're not talking about live shows anymore we're talking about podcasts what would you do if it's on the Heads of Podcast Network it answers those questions that keep you awake in life being like what would I do in a bear attack what would I do if you know I ran out of milk and all the shots oh honey I know what
1: I do in a bear attack oh honey oh honey (laughs) <laughs> you know I have to throw it in so, there you know yeah. for, for it's contractually Absolutely. obliged
0: Absolutely. <laughs> so if you want something that's less bottom of the barrel than this podcast <laughs> and you want to be informed <laughs> this is the podcast too let's have a clip this is What Would You Do If? The podcast answers all of your What Would You
1: Do If? questions It's
0: Callum and Jess here And every week we look at how we'd handle Different
1: situations
2: Before finding out what you should do If you're in them So far we've looked at
1: What would you do if you saw someone stealing A
2: bear attacked
1: you The baby started choking You were stuck in a lift You can hear those episodes and loads more On headstuffpodcast.com With a new one every Monday
0: Well, let's move on to the runway. So the category was Beast Couture. Uh, I thought it was a fun idea. Um, we'll start off with Utica with her black and yellow sort of falcony look. Um, I thought it was fun, but we kind of expect more from Utica at this point, and I don't think it hit that hit that mark.
2: Oh no! Like, mm, I see what she was trying to do. I liked the eyes. I liked the makeup. I didn't like the. Um, I didn't like the actual attire.
1: I, I thought, like, I I thought her face looked stunning. I liked the kind of weird sort of watercolor style of makeup she does sometimes. I thought, like, if she had like bigger, like, if that the horn, like, if she was going for like a maleficent thing, like, the the kind of the horns could have been bigger and and, and more pronounced. And like the the gown was interesting, and I I did l- like the kind of Morticia Adamsy vibe going mm. on. But yeah, there was like I just think that she sets a high bar for herself mm. in terms of. Of this, and this is particularly when it's kind of like a monsters on the runway, and her whole thing is yeah. like, it, it's like there. It could have been, it could have been better. Yeah. yeah,
0: I mean, like if Candy had worn that, we'd all be like, oh wow, that's great for Candy. But yes, yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. Speaking of, candy,
0: <laughs> <laughs> speaking of Candy, speaking what we get latex with random patches of hair, and then a sex doll sewed to their back, like batch It, it was
2: absolutely like. I, I if if any other queen had gone out there in that, they would have been, ap- like they would have been told to get off the stage. It was just like a deflated doll, <laughs> an ill-fitting latex, and they just didn't, they couldn't critique. They didn't know what to say. They were like, "This is just absolutely
0: bizarre."
2: <laughs> I think that it candy is getting away with it because it's candy, you know. Is that fair to say? Maybe it's a bit. Maybe I'm being yeah. a bit mean, but
1: uh, no, I I I genuinely think it is one of the worst things we've seen on the runway in that wasn't made on seasons. the seasons.
0: Yeah, that somebody of, yeah, brought it, with like, them. It was one of the worst.
1: Yeah, I I think that Lallary's paper bag dress was better than that. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, because it was just like it, it was. <laughs> I don't know, like it it was it was confusing. It didn't make
2: sense.
0: Didn't scream like, beast. It, no, did not it didn't. scream beast.
2: I think that you're you know you can picture her packing to go on RuPaul and she's like grabbing shit in her house she's like oh fuck it that'll do and I like I'll use that for something and it's like (laughs) balling it up and throwing it in her suitcase and then it's just you know that they have they all have weeks where they they know their look probably isn't the strongest and they're gonna like hide it amongst a challenge where they've done well to kind of get away with it um but yeah I just feel like it was so poorly thought out again stunning makeup though Stunning yeah. face.
0: Up next then was <laughs> Tina with her patchwork Donnie Darko bunny. And do you know what? I actually thought this was really good from Tina.
2: Really, I, I thought this was the best. R- really she good all season
0: from I... Tina. That's the critical part yeah. of the sentence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: fun, fun. It was fun. Um, I did love the build, build a drag queen reference. Like it yes. did look a bit build a bear. Um, and I think that she could have. She could have pushed it. She could have utilized that that whole look a lot funnier in her... At the end, you know? Like, mm. she could have yeah. really made use of it. And I think that um, it was just a bit... It was just loads of fur loads of patches of yeah. it's, and in
0: terms of like the elevation I suppose that's kind of that's the Tina Burner that's what she should have been doing this whole season which is yeah. hey, this is it and just a patch of red and a patch of yellow and it ties it in yeah. rather than let me start from red and yellow and tweak it to the to beast so I was like yes Tina this is what we wanted to see um, like if you look at say uh, Simone we're going to talk talk about next the way and I can't remember
1: who had done the other thing in the earlier in the season where they oh yeah Ellie Diamond with her seagull um, where she had her <laughs> yeah. um, it's like There was like little details in that, like the fact that that she didn't have, she didn't have like big bare feet with heels would have been, rather than these like little kind of like white heels sticking out under the bottom of her like bare legs and that kind of thing. Or like a button over her eye or something like the little details that could have like elevated that look to make it a, a bit more... Like just to bring it to a higher level, but I I do think it's the best she's looked all season. It was my favorite of her looks by by far.
2: Mm, yeah, I do think. I mean, it, yeah, it was grand. I, I that's we can move on and talk about dress. I just think when you compare it to what else is on the runway. Yeah, no, that's Like
0: true. and compared to yeah. Simone who came next, who's yeah. a similar sort of like textured animal. Like this was, you know, Jessica Fox. You know, it was just brilliant. Yeah
2: and so Simone as well Like Mm. the way to do it Without it being Just a Halloween costume Like she did a sexy fox Like it's pretty Pretty confusing really (laughs) Do you know that meme Of the like
1: I think it's like It's from like Communist China And communist Russia With the two hands holding And it's like One thing One thing And then something in the middle That's unifying them It's like the furry community Drag race fans And Simone's sexy fox Yeah Yeah. Like that's (laughs) Just creating (laughs) I thought she looked stunning Yeah a
2: real fantastic niche and lucrative career there <laughs> exactly yeah my
0: only critique would have been I kind of wish it was really clear how costumably it was around the face like just that mm. division I kind of wish she'd hidden that more but I mean it was great and the character she gave to it and like you kind of imagine in this sort of like Space Jam world, you could turn around the back of like a Best Buy and that fox is just hanging up against the wall smoking a cigarette like hollering at people like I was like, this is great. Mm-hmm. But that's it, like yeah. Simone
2: creates characters and personality and like really key, like clear, concise concepts whereas Tina Burner put on a Beast costume. There wasn't kind of a... Yeah, there wasn't a character. There wasn't a character. Like you could you could picture what Simone's drag set would look like as... Foxy Simone. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. uh Next up was Got Mick, uh, who had the sort of eyes on the shoulders and the teeth around the waist. I kind of just thought this looked like a, a Pokemon. I kind of was like, you know, a wild Got Mick has appeared.
2: <laughs> yeah, but I love that she didn't go to the kind of costume for like, most of the others. Um, you know, like, Tina and even my my beloved Olivia could have been extras in Monsters, Inc. Whereas Gottmik is this really kind of bizarre, high-class, very impressive-looking creature, character thing. And it was... Yeah, I think it really worked. And, and her nipples look like nostrils, which I enjoyed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> She's utilising her nipples. Her nipples. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I, I think, like, in the...
1: In the like overarching storyline of the absolutely incredible looks Scott Mick has brought to the runway this season, this was like not touching the top, the top two or the top three, but it was grand. I, I I thought it was grand. By the high bar she set, it wasn't the most amazing thing she's worn, but I I thought it was fine.
2: I liked the vibrancy of it. I liked the, you know, I liked the depth of the kind of purple, the blacks, and then like the, these two big bulging eyes as shoulders, you know? Yeah, and yeah, we'd yeah.
0: seen Monique Hart do a similar look with the eye. I remember she took, like she could take the eye off, put and stick it somewhere else. And this yeah. looks better than that. So I think, which is good. Yeah, yeah actually, Absolutely. that's
2: a really good point. I think Gottmik is referencing you know previous drag race history. You know it's like cultural moments, and taking them to the next level and say, and like that's that's what got Mick is got Mick. What got Mick has done for drag race is incredible. Like to be the first, um, you know, trans character in trans on the show, to be cast yeah, on the show yeah. You yeah. know, and especially following some pretty hairy comments that RuPaul had made in the past and to even then to to see you know we've we've lost made the best woman win we've got made the best drag queen win now which I think is really important kind of um yeah moving movement for drag race and I think that Gottmik is showing that they have this intense cultural knowledge of drag and very much are of the community and belonging there and now we're elevating it to the next level
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, Olivia Lux was up next then with her, her like you said, Sully from Monsters, Inc. Yeti. Yeah. Um, oh, I didn't hate it. now. I thought it was good. It was different for Olivia, which I suppose I liked.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was cute. Like she, <laughs> it was like Beast or kind of like cute little you'd buy it in a pet shop, do you know? If you had that little <laughs> smiley beast in the back of you saw it jumping up in a cage, you'd be like, come on, I'll give you a home. You look absolutely, completely friendly and not terrifying in the slightest. I know the the challenge wasn't necessarily to to um look scary, but this could have been an opportunity for Olivia to show that she's not just this happy person, like to release the inner beast, yeah. to do something that was a little bit dark, and instead she gave us a really huggable creature that yeah. we wanted to like yeah. take Pixar. home, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like her yeah. hair and like play with her. <laughs>
1: No absolutely and actually I think it would have been a great moment for her to do something super kind of like unexpected and dark and kind of be real serious because in the same way like they've been saying to you to go oh you need to like show us like this fierce glamazon on the runway we need to see you take this seriously you could kind of say the same to, to Olivia because everything she does is so happy and full of light like a children's TV presenter and it's like no let's darken this a little bit yeah and um, but her Monsters, Inc., like, I, I I saw that Monsters, Inc. thing instantly. I was like, oh, it's like Sully and Mike like got together and adopted. Yeah. The little yeah. splashes of green.
2: <laughs> the bastard child of Sully and... and Sully. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the drag daughter of Sully and Mike. Yeah. <laughs> um, finally, then, was Rosé with her she-devil Freddy Krueger look. And, yeah, this was really, really fun, I thought
2: really good i think this is really 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 good i um i just thought it was like really polished really strong looked really high class and i think that she put a lot of effort and thought into it i think it really paid off
0: yeah
1: yeah the hair for me i thought was just gorgeous yeah. That like the the yeah she she looked fabulous um, definitely it was a really strong week for her yeah,
0: absolutely absolutely simone and rosé win which i was happy about because i was watching it being like simone was funnier but i'd love to see rosé get that second win i don't necessarily think simone needs a fourth win so i was actually happy that they both won <laughs>
2: And it was worth it for Rosé's reaction. She's like, oh yeah. my God, really? Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> that was, like, the way she was so grateful. She's so like, oh so my God, God yeah. <laughs> She's like, oh my God, me and Simone? Oh my God, Jesus, wow. Like, it was fantastic. Yeah. And so telling that they're all just like, oh, well, Simone's got it. We're just here for the publicity. Like,
0: yeah, absolutely. Book me, book me, you know? <laughs> and then the bottom three were got Mick, uh, Utica, and Tina. Um, I don't know. I might have put Olivia there over Tina, but I definitely wouldn't have put Tina in the bottom two. I felt it should have been Gottmik and Utica. I felt in terms of their ads, they were clearly the worst.
2: I think their ads were clearly the worst. I just think there was no way they were going to put Gottmik in yeah. the bottom two. Okay. Especially in Utica. It, like Utica, I think, definitely deserved to be in the bottom two. Yeah. I think Utica is quite, well, obviously a strong lip-syncer. So I think it would be too risky for them to put Gottmik in the bottom two at this stage. We haven't seen much from gotmake in the way of credible musical dance talent like mm. she well, I mean they did win <laughs> yeah, their first lip
0: sync I suppose but yeah yeah I yeah. think
2: I think for me going back to the first lip sync I don't know if it was as definitive as picking one performer over the other I think they were being clever about the two camps they were creating uh, Yeah I well, actually I, I just looked so.
0: it, it was gotmake and in the first one uh lip synced against Yushke Queen to Lindsay Lohan. So that would have been a nice full circle moment, I suppose. Yeah. Kind of that I end. think
1: that like Yushika was having wig issues in that first episode, like yeah. her like hairline was like falling back and everything. There was a yeah, there was a whole lot going on there. Um I, I feel like Tina was probably in the bottom because they realized we've come to the end of the road with you. Like there's nowhere else for us to go. So it's like she probably didn't deserve to be in the bottom two based on her like overall performance. Like her look was quite good. Her her performance in the ad was like oh, was grand, but at the same time, it's like, well, where do we go with you next
0: yeah. in
2: terms
1: of a storyline on the show?
2: Tina is just too predictable.
0: Yeah, and I actually think she was yeah. better in the lip sync personally as well, like by a smidge. I, I, I did too. So I think you're. I think she just got kicked home because they were like, do you know, you're actually fine, but we're sick of you. Go home. <laughs> yeah. I think
2: yeah. I think they know who they want in their top four or top mm. five, and that they're just. They're like, okay, we have an opportunity to let Tina go here. We know it'll probably be Utica next week and they're getting closer down to that kind of like top four top five that they want to have it's yeah. interchangeable who they're sending home at this stage I yeah. yeah.
0: and I think it's a mistrick because now next week is, is a stand-up challenge it's going to be a roast and I think Tina would have been really good at that whereas I don't think you'd get like you we all know you yeah. who's going to go home next week so why yeah. why, why put, why, <laughs> put her it? why put us through it?
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's it so that we can have the highs and lows yeah. they need to know that they can rely on some lows for next week <laughs>
2: I think Candy will do well next week but again I think it's just going to default to whatever Candy says is funny because of the way it's delivered Um, it'll be interesting to see because it's always when we go into a comedy and we go into stand-up it's always the people we think are going to do really well that fail. Oh, what a
0: fun concept roasting Valentina, Heidi and Nina I mean it's going to be a great episode I'm looking forward to it
2: yeah, yeah, it
1: will be. I also, I'm gonna, I'm gonna predict that next week we're gonna get our Utica versus Gottmik rematch. Okay, that, that's my prediction. I don't
2: know. I think it got like, I think that they could, I think that their humor teeters on too mean sometimes, and I think that if they play it carefully, they could be near the top. But if they go yeah. default into just like too roasty, too mean, it could be hard. But if you compare it To like the snatch game. But I suppose they had months to prepare for a snatch game, but the snatch game performance was so so good.
0: It could be Utica versus Olivia. It could be
1: Utica versus Olivia, oh, but I, Olivia. I feel I, I'm 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 gonna I'm going to I'm going to stick through. I think that that it's Utica versus Got Me because they'll like that idea of the the full circle moment. Now that you've said, it, you've put it in my mind, okay. game. you've put it into the universe,
0: <laughs> <laughs> like the secrets. <laughs> well, look, we only have a few months to go until we find out who wins. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: Just another half a year, we'll do it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Cassie, thank you for for coming on. Uh, do you want to? Where can people find you? At the Creep Dive, Tall Tales. You,
2: yeah. Stuff. So I uh, I run Tall Tales podcast. We produce loads of different podcasts, and you can find me uh, mainly on the Creep Dive every Tuesday.
0: Super. Cool. Thanks for coming it's on the show. Thanks,
2: guys. This was the perfect Saturday.
0: Oh, g- <laughs> oh wonderful. <laughs> One thing actually we, we didn't we missed in the episode when we were talking about Candy was her really sort of emotional mirror moment about being beaten up in in. In their final year of school, and how that still affects her today, and even fed into the conversation with Amisha t- or Tamisha. Iman. Yeah,
1: no, I, I, it was like I suppose we, we had such an in depth conversation about it, like a lot of the rest of the show that it kind of we, we did gloss over it a bit. And it is such an important part, I think, of Candy's entire personality that sense of because I think that you can go one of two ways perhaps after a trauma like that either you go into yourself and become kind of withdrawn, or you get kind of you get furious at the world for putting you in that position, and therefore you always bite back and clap back. And you see Candy interestingly i think because maybe you wouldn't necessarily think about this from her personality getting to that place where she can step back look at her reactions and situations and start saying no this isn't a good way this i'm reacting in this aggressive way against people who come for me because of this trauma in the past and i think the fact that she's looking at that is really cool and and i i i don't know it it also Mm -hmm. made me feel very sorry for her because she does come off with such like a you know woman of steel
0: yeah like again it was another sort of good narrative arc moment for candy joe it is really showing her growth so we'll see will that take her all the way to the final four um so that's it for this week's show thank you as always for listening you can find us on instagram at to see that pod if you're like lads i won't have another episode of you for another week then you can head over to our premium feed, headstuffpodcast.com. We have loads of episodes over there. Drag Race Vegas Review.
1: We have our lovely lip sync battles episode. Yes. Um, exactly. And there's
0: loads more coming as well. So it's a great place if you wanna support us in the show and keep us keep us going. We would much appreciate absolutely. it. Absolutely.
1: And do also let us know. We were we put out a poll in our Instagram about uh, whether we want these episodes to keep dropping on Mondays as they currently are, or whether we want them to move to the Saturday the day, the um the, the day the, uh, the the episode comes out On the Saturday You know You might have missed that poll You mightn't be following us On Instagram You can go over there You can message us And let us know yourself Do you have a preference Would you like a Do, do you want this as your Saturday walk Or do you want this as your Like Monday getting into work You know Preferences We'll take it into consideration I'm being very generous With Keane's time <laughs>
0: <laughs> Right well until then We have a really fun episode Next week with the roast challenge Of the former Miss Congeniality so Including former guest Nina so West Including former G- Friend of the podcast Nina West Friend of the pod Nina West yeah, absolutely <laughs> uh, So we'll chat to you then Have a lovely week See you Love you Bye This show is part of the Stuff Podcast Network A hub for the creative and the curious